Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 192 of the IA Cast. All right, I'm here with a rather good group of folks. I was going to say large, but I don't think we're too big uh, for what we're doing today. My name is Michael Dowies, and I'm here with great folks. We have Taylor Arndt. Hello, everyone. We have Jeff Bishop. Hello, everyone. We have Michael Babcock. Hello. And Marty Sobo. Hey, all. All right, so we are here, and... and, uh, Something new we're, we're doing is if you join us when we record these episodes live on IACast Radio, we're doing a pre-show now, so you could come in 30 minutes before, chat with us using the IACast hashtag on your favorite platform, and that way we can just hang out and, and talk about everything coming up. And so that's been pretty awesome today. There have been messages, so that's great. We're on Mastodon and all the other places. So I want to thank everybody for being here and listening and everything else. It's going to be a great podcast today. We've got some great content. But as we typically do when when we have Michael and Marty here, uh, do you guys want to give an overview of what you guys have been doing on Unmute for the past uh, week? I will start. So I want to let everyone know that... We are introducing a new travel and tech show, which will be coming in the next few weeks. So stay tuned to that. We're going to be bringing uh, some really cool stuff and there'll be audience participation. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. And I'll let Michael handle the rest. You just wanted to throw in information about the new stuff coming out. So uh, Friday finds has kind of changed. Lynn went out and started doing that on her own. Yesterday, she talked about Google's AI revolution, the uh, HP printer predicament, and uh, also Instacart. A preview episode slash episode one of that travel show dropped on Thursday. Wednesday, we talked about shell phone shows setting quick dials up. There was the replay of the ACB community call on Tuesday, and then technically working was recorded last week as well, and Pinecast didn't show me all of the content, so I'm trying to talk and find that at the same time. <laughs> Do you remember what we talked about, Michael? On, on which one? Oh, we technically working. We did it first, talking yeah. about MacGPT yes. and uh, how we had mentioned MacGPT, and then it got mentioned on MacBreak Weekly. Oh, no, that was Mac week. Whisper. Mac or Whisper. Mac, Mac yeah. Whisper, yes, yeah. yes. Well, so thank fant- you, Michael. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. Uh, you know, if you haven't checked out Unmute, they have some great shows, and I, I really enjoyed the, the travel show. That was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that. I still need to watch that. Yeah, it's it's rather a fun show. So check that out. Okay, so we have some some good topics to talk about today. And I guess the the first one I want to let's get this one out of the way because it's always coming up somehow some way and that is um the the downfall of of Twitter or X. And you know what? I I've and I'm kind of curious for y'all's thoughts on this because I hear a lot of people say, I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter. And one of my favorite trainers from LinkedIn Learning and previously Lynda.com, uh, uh, his name is Martin Wren Hendrickson, 
says, uh, and he he does a lot on TikTok. He's a great uh, educator. He does WordPress and all these other training classes. He said that uh, you know it it's great if you still use it, but don't call it Twitter because it it is not Twitter anymore. And I I do feel like it is not Twitter anymore. It is it is something different. It is not the same platform really anymore. I mean, there, the tw- word tweet is in there in cases and it still points to Twitter, but it is really a lot different in my view. I mean, there's a Twitter Mac app and, you know, you could go to twitter.com, but it's totally different. And to make it even more different now, you're not going to be able to block users on the platform anymore unless it's in your DMs. Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't seen it. I have, yeah. Yeah. I think the new name of, of Twitter is very, very fitting. <laughs> well, yeah, did X, you... X is the word it in Braille. Mm-hmm. And it is an evil clown character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, it could also be tin, you know. And and so, therefore, it's very, very fitting due to the fact that, you know, they eliminated the entire accessibility team. Mm-hmm. Um, they eliminated all third-party clients. It, it's just yet another very, very fitting, uh, <laughs> a fitting name for, frankly, a, a a service that is really nothing like it used to be. It's very, 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 very sad. Right. It's very chaotic. I don't understand how people even can handle all the chaos. You don't know what's going to be from one hour to the next at this point. Yeah, it is. And then there's those people who really don't care. They will use it until the lights go out. That is true. Mm-hmm. You got the hardcores who's going to hang on till the lights go out, like mm-hmm. you say, Taylor. Which is all my accounting people. So they don't care about Twitter changing its name to X. Like I said, as long as they can post, as long as they can interact, they well, do it's not what care people what it know, does. Right? right? It's what people know. And people like to stay where they're comfortable, what they know. But yeah. I, I think for certain you know, uh, groups of people, Blocking is required. Like there are so many stalker people and Mm -hmm. people that are doing terrible things on these platforms. You know, I can block people, I believe, on Mastodon. You know, I can. You can. You know, you can mute people. I've started muting anybody that uh, posts or or I've started blocking reposts about political stuff that come across my Mastodon timeline because I just I don't want to see that. You know, so here's a question I'll put out there. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they're going to bring back blocking, but it's going to be behind a paywall? No, that's a good point. No, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think the whole intent here is to make sure that, that in their opinion, things stay open. Right. I, I think the bigger issue than, than X is you have lots of people who are not embracing other social media platforms. I don't have a problem if you want to stay on X mm-hmm. and even, you know, promote whatever you want to promote there. That's perfectly fine with me. I mean, you have every right to do that, mm-hmm. but there's, but there is a significant audience of people, you know, of, of blind people. Um, and it, especially if, for example, you know, AT companies, um, for example, Freedom Scientific is on, on Mastodon. NVDA is on it. Uh, but, but, People like Orbit Research, right? There was a great uh, there was a great segment on Mosin at Large today that talked uh, uh, or Living Blindly, whatever you want to call it, um, 
that talked about this very specific subject. And I don't bring it up just because of, of Jonathan's name. I, I, I actually have been talking about this for, for quite, a, quite a while. And that is, hey, you know, if if your audience is on a specific platform, then you really ought to be serving your your audience wherever your audience members are. And I'm hoping that we see a, a wider adoption of mastodon, uh, mastodon being picked up because uh, you know that's where that's where majority of the people that we communicate with are, right. right. Yep. The uh, blind users are on Mastodon. Yes, there's yeah. still some on X. There's still some on Twitter. That's cool. And if you want to keep that presence there, then as Jeff was saying, that that's fine. But if you want to talk to the people who are going to, A, consume the content that you want, but B, share that content with other people who mm-hmm. are following the people that you're targeting, which then reaches widens your target market and your reach with your messaging you need to be where the people are communicating and i have gotten tenfold engagement on mastodon and it's not only about engagement but it is if you're trying to help inform and educate individuals yeah it's about building conversation yep thank you jeff yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and 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 i think the the other thing is is that there's this you know concern about well the tools um, I, I know, for example, and I don't bring this up to bash anybody yet because you know people have to do this on the timeline of their choice, right? I I, just, I am just hoping that that someone builds a timeline. So I've been working with ACB on this, and the concern from ACB as well, the tools that we use for communication across you know social media platforms do not support you know these other platforms, and that's true. So this is a wider problem, right? It's it's a wider problem of you know, people need to be recognizing that there are these other services that are available, you know, to allow people to engage. And so I don't blame ACB, you know, at, at all on this. I mean, if you've invested heavily in your tool set and that tool set is not adaptable to, to meeting, you know, the needs of hosting to, you know, federated environments, well, what do you do? I mean, right. sure, you can go invest in something like Buffer, but then you got to retrain yourself. Okay, great. Now I got to get rid of this other tool and figure right. out this other tool. And that's going to take time. So I, I get that. And it, yeah, well, it, it is accessible. But, but the, but, you know, oh, and that's the other thing is, is that you have companies that, that are serving people with disabilities and, and they're using platforms that are sort of against people with disabilities. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a tricky, tricky one. I just wish people would would be more upfront and engaging about not just saying no, but be you know, uh, but but being willing to have an open conversation about okay, you know, maybe we could use some help on building a roadmap to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, I will say this about Mastodon. Mastodon is the only platform that I know of that has an app like, I mean, I guess Spring could do this with Twitter, but I don't believe it's usable anymore. And Spring is. Is it? Yeah, it's it's one of these uh, apps where he keeps making changes to keep it working with X. Oh, wow. And but, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, tag your it game. Right. It's awesome to watch, actually. I, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One of the things that you could do in Mona that I found is you could create your own theme 
So you can make the app yeah, it's look awesome. however you want with the colors that you want. And so I've, I've created a theme like with a very dark blue background in the white text. So it's like a dark mode, but with the, I love the color blue. So I get to have my app look how I want configured the way I want. And then, you know, the, the other neat thing is it syncs through iCloud. So I that just go awesome. select my theme on any of my devices and it's there. And I could even send that theme to other people. I, love that. I, I will say the thing about Mona is they definitely think outside of the box in terms of what people may want and they make the app so customizable. It's almost unbelievable how much you can actually customize it to a, an individual, you know, the way you would like to have it look, feel, work, you know, for each individual person. Mm hmm. Not many apps spend that kind of time to be able to put that much into customizing, you know, a look and a feel and how it works for an right. individual. Right. And that's I think the that's other thing people. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Oh, go ahead. Uh, that was the other thing that people were complaining about is that, you know, these federated environments are very complicated. Uh, it, they can be, but they don't have to be. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's the thing that that I think people need to understand is that that yes, I mean, look, X can be very very complicated, mm -hmm. um, depending upon what you're doing. I mean, Facebook honestly can be extremely complicated. I mean, I I ugh, don't even get me started on Facebook. And, I mean, and, I I yeah. use it. To, I'm there because my family is there. Me too. And you know, Amazing. but other than other than that, oh my gosh, it's so you know, there's so many. It's very, very complicated. And and some of these social that media platforms oh, sorry, can some of these platforms can be limiting. Like, you know, threads is is the new hotness right now, but it's an iPhone app. It is not a tablet app and it's not a desktop app. So I mean, yes, I could use Stage Manager with my iPad and it looks great, blah, blah, blah. But I can't have a full screen experience and make it look good and and post uh, professionally on threads. I I cannot type that fast on that keyboard and visually uh it looks okay but accessibility wise threads is kind of a mess a mess well the thing is that i'm really on the fence about is you have to be on a specific network even though you don't like it because if you leave you're going to lose contact with certain people that you have no other way to really mm -hmm. interact with them such as family or certain family members i mean at that point something is so big that as much as you don't want to use it you can't leave that's kind of a weird feeling don't you think you sort of feel like forced mm -hmm. into having to stay somewhere because you kind of have to be everywhere right exactly you really do yeah like families and, all over. Like. And, you know, that's why I wish that more platforms would actually look at federating so people could join in that little silo. Great TV show, by the way. Uh, they could join in that little silo and but then communicate with other places. So like if 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 X or Facebook added activity activity pub like uh, threads wants to do, then everybody could just talk to each other and we could just be where we want to be. Now, I mean, there's problems with everything, but that would kind of make the huge social media town square that we would want. So that's I, an awesome idea. It's just yeah. welcome to fruition. Right. So all in all, I think we can all agree that this this whole, you know, where we started with this blocking, you know, people need the ability to block users. They need to be have the ability to 
say, I don't want to hear from this person because they are what they are. And I don't, I don't want to hear that right on my, on my timeline, because imagine if somebody's paying, you know, and, and I think this is it. So you can't block ads too. And, you know, somebody's paying money to show negative content and you block it. Or can you imagine if, if, if kids see videos from an account, you don't want them to see that and you can't block it. Right. So I, I feel like that's actually something interesting is uh, somebody shared that apparently um, Apple and Google have rules that social media platforms have to have uh, uh, mechanisms buttons, in place yeah. to block users uh, or they can't stay in the app store. Now, you will be able to still block DMs, according to uh, Elon, but you will not be able to block regular users. So I don't know if that falls within the purview of the App Store rules or Google Play rules. So Probably not. And that's just kind of weird, in my opinion. You can block one thing, but not another. Right. Well, I think that I think the way that he's trying to go with this app is that direct messages are going to be more like personal texts. No. Yeah. Because I, I remember don't like that, that. Remember, X is trying to be the everything app, so it's trying to oh. be WeChat in the U.S. And I even wonder if he's going to remove a lot. Actually, that's a whole discussion. We'll have another day. Is if he's trying to remove a lot of the social media aspect and make it into more of a WhatsApp or Telegram. That would be a very interesting transformation. We do not need a WeChat in the U.S. No. Okay, so let's start the next part of our conversation with another negative topic. And, and that is that, um, that is that we are hearing reports that open AI might become bankrupt in the next while. And I'm very skeptical about this. And the reason why I say that is because I feel like, yes, they're losing money. Yes. They may have to consider that, but, They've made so much groundbreaking work. Somebody will we'll still have chat GPT. We'll still have all these things that, you know, somebody will buy it up. Somebody will make sure it stays around. And who knows, maybe they'll get more investment money or it might just go to Microsoft or somebody. But I think people, you know, people in the media, they report on something and say, oh, this is going to happen. And everybody's, like, oh, no. And I feel like what happens with that is, is that when, when we see articles like this, it really just gets people's blood going because I rely on chat GPT. I can't have this go down, you know? Uh, so do you guys agree? What are your thoughts on, on that topic? I rely on it so much. Like when Michael told me that, I was like, are you for real? You know, I was very skeptical. I'm like, if ChatGPT goes away, I'm going to be so upset because the thing is, is that it really helps out with a lot of different things. Of course, I do think, like Michael was saying, that there are going to be companies who want to buy it up because the thing is, is that this is a groundbreaking investment, not investment, but a groundbreaking technology and people have already gotten introduced to it. So now it's kind of going to be something that people are going to expect. It's interesting to me because they're saying that, or we're hearing, there's a chance they may go bankrupt, but 
there's all these companies that are paying to use their technology to implement it into their apps. Now that's maybe not every single company is paying for it, but as a majority of they're paying for it. So I don't see how that's going to make the company go bankrupt. It just, uh, something seems off to me. Everybody wants to utilize this new technology. It's the hottest thing right now. So what's making them going to go bankrupt? Right. Right. So I'm distracted by my pick, which is deeply related or deeply powered by ChatGPT. And I I think Michael's going to love this pick. So I'm super excited for that part of the show. Um, I could see easily how OpenAI may go bankrupt from the resources that ChatGPT is using, but I don't know how much of those resources are being offset by investments from other companies. And is ChatGPT using more money than what they can get for the resources from other investors. So it'll be interesting to see where things go in the next six months because we've gotten used to using it. And like Taylor, I am highly reliant on it. I'm less reliant on it now than I was in the past, but I think it's really interesting. I use a a digital bank for my payo media company called Mercury. And Mercury has a lot of perks for their customers, including discounts on Stripe Atlas and uh, Amazon AWS credit and other things. Well, one of the things that I discovered the other day was they also give you $1,000 to use within a year of credit for the API of ChatGPT. So if they're really going (laughs) bankrupt, why are they still offering promos like this to build awareness and engagement? So I just think it'll be interesting to see where things go in the next six months to a year. Do you think that they're putting this out there or someone's putting this out there to keep them just in the news constantly in the headlines? Because I just, unless we're missing something, I don't see how they can be going bankrupt. Well, I mean, if you listen to Double Tap, they go through some some statistics and they talk about, you know, what each uh, query to chat GPT costs and things like that. Um, I... one thing to keep in mind is if you are, if people are using, you know, GPT and not using chat GPT, then they are paying for API usage somehow, some way. And, you know, I guess the question is if they made a, if they required everybody to have like a $10 chat GPT and the $20 plus, would you pay $10 to keep using the free, the, what is now the free version of chat GPT? I would say yes. I mean, people have already been paying $20 a month, and I think that's pretty significant for a monthly use of an app or a service. I mean, that's not cheap, so people are still paying for it, which means people are really liking it and finding it important in their workflow to be able to pay that extra money every month to have you know, the service available to them. Yeah. So... And and this kind of leads into our next segment, and that is, you know, I, I guess, you know, Be My Eyes uses uh, OpenAI's GPT-4, right? And that would mean that, you know, if they went bankrupt and they couldn't, you know, afford it, Be My Eyes would be affected. And yeah. and they're and they're just in the beta process of Be My AI, right? So. 
I, I'm just hesitant to anytime I hear Apple, uh, this, this has been leaked about an Apple product or this company is going to go bankrupt. This is going to happen. When it comes to tech stories, I'm, I'm very, okay, let, let's bring it back to last week, right? There was, I think it was last week we talked about the um, extreme pro hard drives and yep, it was problems, week. problems with those. And, you know, we heard from, I heard from Andre Louis that there are steps you could go through to make sure you don't have a bad drive and, and things like It wasn't the end of the world as the Verge article and the video I shared made it sound like it is, right? So I guess when it comes to hearing articles like this, I think we need to manage our expectations of the media companies, the of the tech reviewers and tech websites that are putting this content out because is it really as bad as what we're hearing or is it really what we're hearing right so well, like, you have like, no way to know really right i mean th that there's no transparency there mm -hmm. i mean this wasn't really on the on the agenda but you know linus uh tech tips has been under oh, scrutiny yeah. for getting information wrong and, and you're going to have to explain a little bit of that. I'm not sure everyone's mm -hmm. going to understand that topic. Well, the the for people that may not know, the Linus Tech Tips YouTube channel does uh, supposedly factual videos about computer hardware reviews of different products, and has gone from being very you know factual to more entertainment, as other channels are saying. And so you could you could watch their channel to get a review of, you know, computer cases, power supplies, coolers, all kinds of things for building your own computers. And they've always been very negative towards Apple, whatever. You know, everybody has their biases, you know. But uh, that's, as a YouTube channel, people have the right to put out what information they want. And, but at the same time, you need to be factual and not give misinformation. And when they, I mean, people are going to make mistakes. That happens. But when you make a mistake, you need to say, somebody fact-checked us and it's actually this. We apologize. And they aren't doing that. And so it kind of goes to what we're talking about with this bankruptcy story and saying, is this really the case? Or is it speculation? Or, you know, do we need to really be Say, reading all these tech articles and taking them for what they are. Going back to the Linus Tech Tips for one second, if people are interested in that, there they did post a video that's, I think, probably about thirty minutes that you they're talking about all of what happened. So if that's something you're interested in, go check out their channel. Mm -hmm. And there's a current video up there that's explaining all of what we're talking about here. Interesting. I will have to watch that because I will too. That that's very interesting that they did post an update about that. So I, you know, and, and there are things that are happening, you know, in, in our world that I think we need to make sure that we get all the information on before we just, because clickbait is a real thing. And clickbait is where somebody puts a title to a video or an article to get you to click on, it, even if that's not what they're talking about or directly what they're talking about. It happens a lot. And even even some articles try to say, you know, this is going to happen even if it's not. So it's it's important to to look at. But uh, I I guess we really need to move into our our last topic here. 
And this is kind of why we're here. This is the more exciting part, the more upbeat, the more positive part. So many people have been now allowed into the Be My Eyes, Be My AI beta. Unfortunately, Taylor and I have not. And I'm very sad about it. (laughs) But there's also a new feature in the Bing app, which lets you do take a picture and then get information about that picture from Bing's chat AI bot, which is basically open AI. Yep. Now we've put it through its paces. Taylor has done several things with it. And um, so I'm curious, do you, any of you guys here, I think Jeff, you, you do do Marty and, and Michael, do you guys have access to the uh, uh, be my AI feature? I do. I do not. I do. You do. Okay. So we, we, we have kind of two that, uh, that have access to it and three who, uh, or Marty, have you checked out the Bing image feature? Yeah, I did a little bit. I've messed around with it just a little bit. I haven't spent a huge amount of time, but a Mm -hmm. little bit. So we have, uh, three that have tried one thing and two that have tried probably both. Well, I tried them both, but yeah. 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 Um, so Michael, have you tried the, the Bing image um, thing? No, I have not tried it out directly, but I've heard podcasts. I'm familiar with how it works. I'm interested to hear Jeff's opinion on the results of both, if he's willing to share. Yeah. Well, Jeff, do you want uh, to go and talk about that? Well, I, I, I think it's really, um, I don't know. Your mileage is going to vary, right? Like it, it's all dependent upon the photo that you take and, and, uh, you know, what, what the AI technology is going to be able to glean from it. I, I will say this. Um, I, I think that the Bing, the Bing capability is great. Um, I think that, that the, that the ease of use though, of be my AI is, is probably going to make this a much easier process for users. Absolutely. Um, right now Bing is a bit, a bit complicated in the, in its user interface. Um, and, and I don't mean that necessarily as a negative, right? They're, they're big, you know, Bing versus Bing AI are, are intended for what, well, well, I mean, Bing is intended to everyone, but be my AI is a very specialized user experience created in specifically for blind and visually impaired people. Right. So I think that, that people are probably going to flock to that. Um, and, and they're going to find that the descriptions that it provides are, I think they're going to be pretty comparable to be honest with you, because they're using the same, they're using the same technology, right? They're using GPT four. So, um, so I don't know that it's necessarily a, he said, she said kind of a thing of which one's better. It's going to come down to, what is the right user experience for users to allow them to be very efficient at it and to be able to do it in a way that's just easy. Uh, I think I described it to someone as, you know, we need to build delightful experiences. And I think that's the, that's the path that needs to be pushed for is a, a truly delightful user experience for everyone. But I don't think that be my AI necessarily you know they all have these little their little idiosyncrasies right there's yeah. 
I mean, my friend Paul um, was playing with it and he couldn't get out of like, once he was done, he wanted to go back and start over and he found it a little challenging to figure out how to do that. You know? Yep. And I said, well, you can just kill the app from the app switcher. Cause yeah, well, but you shouldn't sure. have to. Yeah. You right. Have to. And, and it, it's beta. So oh, right, 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 right. So, and, and actually I consider being beta as well. I mean, it's yeah. not, yeah, it really it's is. not labeled, it's not labeled that like, I don't think that Microsoft would ever claim that to be, you know, quote beta. Um, maybe they would, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I sort of think of it as, I mean, all of this AI stuff, whether you're using the chat GPT client on iOS, which by the way, I think is, is one of those delightful experiences um, or, or you're using Vima AI or you're using, you know, Bing or you're using perplexity, which by the way, I can't get my mind around. I don't know why I, it's that's one of those. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It's. It's. It. I don't find. I mean, other people find that app to be just amazing and wonderful and and just really easy to use. And I'm like, ah, I, I, I think it's too cluttered, personally. Well, I think but, it's yeah. great that there's options out there because some people want a tool that's going to give them tons of customization, customization, be able to do whatever they want, however they want. And other people don't want any of of that. They just want to be able to go on and get in and out quick, do what they need to do without having a lot of, what do we want to say? um, Sparklies, right? They just want to get in, get it done, get out, you know? So it's at the end of the day, you get to the same place, but having options of how you get there and how you do it and how things work is a great thing. Yeah, so I think all of these apps or tools or whatever you want to call them are I you know whether they're tagged as beta or not I think they're all beta because I think everyone's still trying to figure out what is the right user experience to you know and what is this going to look like in 6 months? I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. Um I you know, I I don't know where we're heading here and and I don't know that a lot of people know where we're heading from the standpoint of where this ultimately say, you know, in a year or two, where we're going to be in this landscape. It's very fascinating to me. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to to reset and look at a brand new technology and see how it's going to fit into our existing infrastructure uh, and how it's going to impact our daily lives from a work and play and productivity perspective. It's, it's boy, it's being talked about everywhere. You know, and I, I work at the University of Arizona now, and it's it's all the buzz. We have weekly meetings on this topic now, um, where we spend you know hour hour and a half every week just talking AI and how do we how do we both incorporate it into process and how do we how do we ensure that we're doing it in a way that is also protecting you know uh, the university as well. So it's just very very interesting. It's very interesting because I've never had a chance to try be my AI. I did try Bing, and I have a video coming out on my channel whenever I have a chance to edit it. But, you know, I have put Bing through its paces. And really, my takeaways, like Jeff was saying, is, yes, I still think it's in beta. You know, I think that the app is a little bit cluttered and a little bit busy. It could use some accessibility improvements. Some tabs are unordered, unordered, unlabeled. And just a whole bunch of other problems that, all add up to make a very hard to use experience. And I think with that being said, though, the things that being generates, you know, the descriptions or the 
I guess the, the chats are very, very helpful. I mean, I had it describe the room, right? Because I had that video and I said, you know, describe room. And it literally said what's in the room. And then eventually said that there was a red trash can outside the window. It could see all the way out there because I took the image from the middle of the room. And then from there, I did some tests in terms of like, um, you know, detecting colors. How good does it do detecting colors? It does pretty well. And then I tried food. This is where it really went south. It thought a bag of, not bag, a can of mixed vegetables was a can of Pringles, which of course it's not Pringles. I know what Pringles feel like. And so Michael and I laughed for a little while. And then from there, I had to test some medicine bottles, just some supplement stuff. And of course it got those way wrong. It thought it was amoxicillin when it was like a sleeping pill. So, you know, just a little bit wrong, but you know, AI is in this infancy. And I think overall, I probably give Bing maybe about a five out of 10, just because of how inaccessible the app is. Well, it, it has, as far as it's usable, but it does have it is. issues yeah. with certain things not being labeled or labeled incorrectly. Those things can be fixed. One thing, and, and I want to get a uh, sense from you guys. Do you guys think that, because I feel like this is why the Be My AI feature is still in beta. Do you think that there's more guardrails on the uh, Be My Eyes, Be My AI feature compared to the Bing implementation? Or do you guys think that they are the same things? Is there anything do you think that you've gotten uh, Bing to do or say that uh, would be more of a Be My AI will not do this because it's geared towards the blind and visually impaired? Well, currently, and I don't know if this is going to stay in there. And again, I don't have the beta, so I'm going on what I've heard. But there is, if you cannot get it to do exactly what you need with the AI, there is a way to then hit a button where an actual person will come on and look through the camera for you and tell you exactly what it is that you're trying to identify. I don't think that Bing has that. Of course not. Well, no, no, of course not. No. I think that, you know, AI is never going to be perfect, right? It's, there's right. always going to be situations where it's going to fail at some level. It's going to not be precise enough. And it's going to give inaccurate information. So this is where, you know, uh, it's going to be really important that people be told. And maybe it needs to be something that's even more obvious, like they, maybe it's done via audio. As well, as well as text, and you're forced to listen to it. Because, you know, most people, me included, if there's a, an I agree button, I'll just click it, and I don't care what it says, you know, because that's just how I am. I mean, I, right? I, mean, I think that's how me most too. people are. Nobody, nobody reads that stuff. So I think that there needs to be some protection built into this, at least on the Be My AI front, to ensure that people understand that, hey, you know, don't be relying on this to cross a street necessarily. Use your mobility skills uh, or don't rely on this to make sure that you're taking your right medication. You know, yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> right. Like, don't do that kind of stuff because, gosh, you know, you could you could end up in pretty uh, in a pretty serious situation. So, um, you know, there's there's going to have to be some fail safe methods put in place to ensure that, you know, people are are at least warned. Um, and I don't think, you know, they've been saying, you know, we want to be really conservative about this and make sure that we test it and make sure that it's ready. Okay. I get that. 
but there comes a point where you're just going to have to release it and put those caveats in place because you're never, ever, ever going to be, you know, you're never going to have a perfect uh, solution to this. You're always going to find way more bugs and way more issues when you release it to the public opposed to a controlled environment only yes. with certain people in your circle yes. or whatever. There's no possible way the people in your circle, developers and people within your staff or maybe within your staff and then, you know, a few extra people outside of that is never going to be equal to releasing it to the public for thousands upon thousands of people to you know, beat the app up like crazy and come up with every possible scenario that you would never think of in a controlled environment. There's definitely good and bad to that, as we all know, but I think that's better than keeping it in a controlled environment. You know, like Michael was saying, you just, at some point, you got to just get it out there, you know, yeah, and let well, people just use it and make improvements along the way. Right. And I guess my, my big question is, do you guys feel like uh, or, or have y'all made done tests where you you've tried medicine with either one, and and kind of see like okay it's getting this food or this medication right or wrong and do you do you think that the be my AI uh, version would say I'm not going to answer that because I don't want to be responsible I, I'm kind of curious if it if it will will do that differently because Bing is going to try to get it right and it's just yeah you know, most likely not so i'm curious you know if we've seen a difference there on the uh be my ai version compared to the bing well now that's interesting that you bring this up because we have had situations where um you know we find a pill that has fallen on the floor and my wife has used you know like used a pill finder app and you know what they're they're pretty accurate actually because there's symbols on the pills themselves, at least most medication has this. And so you can actually look this up and actually find out. Now you may not find out, for example, the dosage though, but you at least know that, oh, this is Tylenol or this is whatever, you know, although Tylenol is pretty recognizable. But um, I don't know though, it comes in different shapes, I guess. But uh, so I don't know. I, I personally would not use a technology like that to to check for something that important, uh, you know, if, if something like that were to happen, I would not rely on that. I would, I, I would want to make sure that I'm comparing it with like mm -hmm. another pill in the bottle, um, have someone visually check it. I mean, you just never, I mean, unless you know that, for example, there's no other pills that mm -hmm. could have entered the, like, I only take one vitamin a day now. Right. So for me, it's a, it, and if I, like when I was at the seeing eye, I know that, well, if there's a pill on the floor, then it's got to be that because I don't have mm -hmm. any other pills here. But I don't know. I think people need to be very, very careful and very, very cautious about what they're using this technology for. Well, and there's got to be some human, inner, you know, some human mm -hmm. just filtering. Well, and I think if you're going to use technology at all, right, you, you might just be better at trying with an OCR app, a just genuine OCR app, because it's going to get it pretty close. And so if you know you have six drugs and, you know, it, it gets some of the letters wrong, it's not trying to guess and make it into something that it's not, right? So right, I think... But go ahead. This is where you need to be educated, you know? I mean, if you're someone who does need to take medications, 
talk to your pharmacy and get on their program with the software and the hardware they provide at no cost to you to be able to identify your medications. And like Jeff was saying, other apps out there may be able to identify something, but it's not going to be able to tell your dosage and any other information like that, where if you talk to your pharmacy Mm -hmm. and let them know, hey, I have a visual impairment or I'm blind and I need to use the technology that's going to help me identify all my medications. They have that, which is going to you know, be at no cost to you and give mm-hmm. you all of the actual information of which medication it is, the dosage and all of that. So this is where you make a smart decision and you make sure that you get yourself educated so that you're not taking a chance and doing something harmful to yourself. Well, and I think it's one of these situations where you you really need to figure out what's the right tool for the right job. Like, let's let's bring it to food, right? If you have certain foods that you're trying to scan, you might want to get a barcode scanner or an OCR program to do that because, again, AI is going to try to get as close to what it can see, and then it's going to hallucinate and tell you, well, maybe not even the right information. So, again, I, I personally would say, let's let's find the right tool for the right job here. And realize that AI is a good tool to describe certain things, but it it is still young in its in its development, and it's not going to replace everything else that we've been using over the years. Would you guys agree? I would totally agree because, like I said, you know, when I put out this video, it's going to prove that you should not use this technology for certain things because it will not work, and some cases could be harmful. Yeah, and there's no technology that's going to be right there in your environment with you, letting you know everything that's going on around you. I mean, you've got to listen and be aware of your surroundings, what's going on in whatever situation that you're in. Right. Well, do you guys have any final thoughts? Well, I guess, Michael, uh, if you had to recommend one to... Uh, people to to try? Would you tell people if you're not in the beta yet, wait? Or would you tell people to try the uh, Bing image uh, feature? I mean, I didn't even download Bing because I have access to be my AI. If you're eager to try this technology out, Jeff or Michael, does ChatGPT not do native image recognition in the iOS app? It does not, from what Uh, I could tell. No, I don't think so. So, I find the Bing app, from what I heard, to be super cluttered and annoying. If you want an ex- want to know what it would be like for Be My AI, try out Bing, but use the envision the Chat GPT app because it looks a lot more like that. It's more like a conversation when you're sending images. Mm-hmm. I, I will say Bing is not really hugely annoying. They've actually improved it, so it's not as bad as it was. Right. It's just trick. It's just tricky. You know what I mean? It's 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 not a polished user experience. So you're going to need to do a bit more investigation to 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 get where you need to go. That's all. So it's not undoable by any means. Yeah. It just it's just not. Again, I I come back to it's not quote delightful. 
which is but here's where people yeah. can be helpful to the situation, you know, use the app and give feedback and let know, let them know yeah. what's good, what's bad and allow them to be able to make adjustments and improvements along the way. The only way that's going to happen is if you actually take a chance on the app and really use it, put it through its paces and whatever you're trying to do with it and give feedback and let them know what's good and bad and what you think they should uh, do to make it better or worse. And, um, no kidding. You no. Know? Yeah, that's that's very very true, Marty. If you are using the Bing app, then you know, uh, get 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 on X and and tweet at or po- I guess it's not tweet anymore. It's post. I post, think now. Yeah. Yeah. Post uh, at MSFT enable and give them the feedback. You know, uh, they can get that directly to the appropriate people. But because that's, I mean, I encourage that with every, all of the you know, technology companies, you know, get them feedback because that's the only way that you have to influence uh, the future of how things should work and operate. So please, please, please take that time, take that five minutes and, you know, let them know what you think. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this has been a good conversation about these two. I, I would urge people to try it. Don't rely on either one, right? And just be mindful of what you're doing. And we would love to hear your thoughts. Which one do you like better? You know, you can email us at feedback at iacast.net. We'd love to hear your thoughts on on each of these programs. And again, we're on Mastodon. You could check the our iacast hashtag. So uh, also on X and all the other places. And so I think, you know, we have quite a, a big panel today and we we have a hard out at five at uh, the top of the hour. So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. And as we typically do, Marty, do you have a pick for this week and where can people find you online? I do. My pick for this week is an app called Mercury and it's a brand new weather app that's been out recently. And uh, I read a couple of reviews on it and decided to give it a try. I saw that. It actually is a really great app if you're looking for a straightforward weather app that gives you all the information you need without being so much information. And again, you don't customize it or anything like that. It just works. One of the features that I really thought was cool about it was, A, it was built with voiceover in mind. So all the elements work with voiceover. It works across all the platforms. So Mac, iPhone, iPad, watch. And every other weather app that I've seen, if you want the local where you live to always be present, you need to save a profile and it also shows up in your local. So you're always looking at two of the same thing, basically. This app did something really unique where it's showing you your local, but if you leave your local, it knows to sort of hide it and just make it as a secondary view. And then it just brings up whatever local area you're in. When you come back to your local area, it shuts that off again. So you're only looking at your area in the local space only, and it's not a secondary also. So it has that kind of smarts, which I thought was really cool. So... If you're looking for something cool, a different, you know, weather app, check it out. It's called Mercury. It works with voiceover and it's on across all the platforms. Um, you can find me on Macedon. I'm Marty at unmute.community. Okay. And Michael, what about you? Do you have a pick and where can people find you? 
I do. So my pick today is Find. I'm not sure if you've played with that yet, Michael, but it's P-H-I-N-D dot com, I believe. I have not. Yep. And it is an AI-based programming assistant. And it does have a VS Ooh. Code extension Ooh. for people who are interested. I'll be playing with um, this today. An example of, so you know how they give you examples of prompts. So one of the prompts that they gave me was, uh, what's new in Llama 2? Uh, create a TikTok-like application for generative AI. And, of course, they have to ask because it is a programming app. Why are there so many potholes in San Francisco? And can I get paid for the damage it caused to my car? And so it's a kind of a cool app designed for programming in mind. I've uh, been playing with it for some WordPress stuff to get some WordPress uh, plugin code that I want to work on. And what I like about it is it doesn't just give you the code. It explains to you why it's doing it. And if you need it to go more in depth with the code, it'll provide you those details as well so again find p-h-i-n-d dot com and you can find me on mastodon payom p-a-y-o-w-n at unmute.community yeah we could do probably a whole programmatic episode on this yes we can (laughs) michael oh i should thank demasi for sharing it with me because he's who sent it to me so fantastic all right uh so um jeff do you have a pick and where can people find you online? I do. And by the way, if people want to find that uh, Mercury app, you can search for it. Don't just search for Mercury because you'll never find it. Uh, you'll get all kinds of other banking and all kinds of other car things and all kinds of things. So search for Mercury weather. If you're just wanting to do a search for it in the app store and that should pull it up right away. Uh, yes, I have a, f- a pick today, and that is uh, we are getting our Concept2 rowing machine going. So I'm going to pick the Erg Data app. And so far, it's been a, a very, very accessible experience, with one exception, that being uh, upgrading the firmware. I, I'm not sure whether or not this is a accessibility issue or if, if it's just a connectivity issue, and I've yet to determine this. So... Uh, but boy, it's really, really neat. You just walk up to the the rowing machine and you place the place your iPhone on the PM5 device that's that's connected to the rowing machine, and it connects to it using NFC. And then you can tell it to remember the device, and away you go. So none of this, you know, Bluetooth pairing stuff. It's really, really, really neat. So that's my my pick. You can find me on uh, Mastodon at Jeff Bishop at mastodon.online. And uh, if you must follow me on Twitter, it, I don't visit there that often. You can find me at Jeff Bishop there. So thanks. All right. And Taylor, what about you? Do you have a pick and where can people find you online? I was really scrambling for a pick. I was literally thinking about it all show. Cause I, of course, don't really come on here all that often. So I was like, Oh, I got to find a pick. Unfortunately, I really couldn't find one. So what I did is I decided to pick the Bing app. Yes, it's not glorious, not luxurious. But you know what? It really helped save my butt this week because I had to do a lot of different tasks and things for accessibility testing. and That was a whole story of its own. But I have used the Bing app substantially and it has been very helpful in some ways. Uh, So I am picking the Bing app. Where you can find me is you can find me on Mastodon at T-A-Y-A-R-N-D-T. 
at Techopolis, that is T-E-C-H-O-P-O-L-I-S dot social. And I'm also on YouTube and I also make content for eye accessibility. Fantastic. So I <laughs> I have been trying to come up with a good pick and I think I haven't started it yet, but I know I'm going to love it. So I'm going to be starting it soon. And that is the new Ahsoka TV show on Disney+. Plus. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I've followed most... The reason why I haven't started is I'm not caught up on The Mandalorian, Star Wars Rebels, and all this other stuff that you kind of need to know about before you get into this. And I think it started this week. So I'm I'm really excited to check that out. So uh, Star Wars Ahsoka... And uh, that is my pick on Disney Plus this one, this time. You know, we need to get in our, our good TV show uh, watching or, you know, even pace out your TV show watching since we may not have some for a while. Some, you know, TV shows because they're going to be delayed. So keep that in mind. There's going to be some great shows. I'm excited about, you know, so many coming out later this year. So it'll be great. As for it, people can find me online. I'm Mike Doeys on X. I'm Mike Doeys at techopolis.social. Taylor spelled it out earlier, so I won't do that again. And you can email me at mikedoeys at iCloud.com. You can send feedback to the show at feedback at iacast.net. Also keep in mind, uh, iacast radio is really, uh, you know, we're always updating new content. You could put it on for noise. Just listen anytime. And I, I'm really excited that people are taking advantage of this. Uh, you can always mention us on, mention our hashtag IACast on Mastodon and Twitter and different places, and I'll be kind of monitoring those. But uh, it's been an amazing show. I want to thank all of our listeners. You guys have been great. And, you know, always feel free to leave us feedback about uh, our content and let us know any show ideas you have. You know, we I come up with these weekly. And, you know, we if you guys have ideas or any of you guys that are uh, on the show with me, y'all want to talk about a certain topic, we can do that too. So it's been a great episode. And we will be back next week for episode 193. We're inching closer to 200, which is exciting. So I want to thank uh, Jeff, Marty, Michael, and Taylor for being here. It's been a, an amazing show, and we will be back next week. So thank you all, and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the IA Cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at iacast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network, iacast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.